welcome to the Untitled Podcast, a place where labels are eliminated and individuality is embraced. Every other week, I invite friends and mentors to discuss how to conquer stereotypes, eliminate labels, and embrace our story. I am your host, Allison, and I am Untitled. We're so excited for you guys to join us today. We have one of my favorite people on earth. Oh, here. <laughs> um, so my friend Leah is joining us today. She has a super awesome story um, and testimony. Um, so I'm going to let her introduce herself and give you guys a little insight into who she is. Um, and then we'll get on with the topic. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Leah. That's not my first legal name, but I... Veronica. <laughs> Rebecca. Oh, oh my God. God. Do you not know my real name? I did that so confidently too. Veronica. No, it's okay though. I do not like my first name at all. That's actually, like I don't turn around anymore when people say that. <laughs> my name is Leah. I am 24 years old. Been married for four years. Have a two-year-old son who's adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's cute, but <laughs> but but <laughs> he's crazy too. And um, from Denver, lived okay. in South Texas for a while with my husband, and then moved in the Austin area like a year and a half ago. And mm-hmm. we are my husband and I are youth directors at our local church. So yeah, that's what's going on. Cool. Well, that's exciting. I met um, when I first met Leah. We like. I wouldn't say we didn't hit it off. We just like didn't like connect super quickly like right there away. There weren't sparks. No, <laughs> but it wasn't horrible. <laughs> there weren't sparks. You're correct. It wasn't horrible. It's not like we disliked each other. We just weren't sure about each other. I guess that's the yeah. best way to put it. And then as we spent more time with each other, we were like, "Oh, this girl gets me." And so like Leah is my friend that I can like look at her and like like we can read each other and then we just start laughing because like we know what each other is saying and nobody understands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same. I don't have very many friends like that. So, <laughs> cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers um, from where I find them. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and not a lot of people understand. I feel like Leah's like humor, and so like Leah says something, and I like catch on. I like laugh really hard. Everyone's like, I don't understand. Are they laughing at an inside joke? And it's just like, it's yeah. Okay, your humor's a little different. Not everyone. Sometimes gets it. it's dry, and sometimes <laughs> it's just like like the office type humor where it's just awkward yeah but i make it awkward because it's funny yeah <laughs> and people like don't don't get it not a lot of yeah and they're like leah's weird and i'm like no <laughs> she's cool i she's swear cool, i swear i promise she's just awkward yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. i love it i love it um so we're gonna talk today about a topic that i feel is not super widely spoken about. Um, again, like this platform and this, the message we're really trying to portray here is, let's talk about all the things that we all have had to overcome. Um, and I don't want it to like look real pretty and I don't want it to look real neat because I feel like it doesn't show like our true authentic self and like the raw things that we had to um, process in order to get where we're at today. Yeah. Um, and it's like a very humanistic, a very authentic topic so today we're going to talk about pornography porn. <laughs> pornography porn, porn. Yeah. aka porn um which 
I mean, I don't know if I can ever say that I've ever heard uh, a sermon or a message ever spoken at church about this, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like it. so many people deal with it. Um, and it's definitely a topic to deal in private. Yeah. Um, but once you've overcome that, like, I think there's so much power in that message and in that kind of testimony to where, like, literally other people can be, like, released from bondage just because, like, they know that they're not the only ones suffering. Because it's a very... I mean, it's a, it's a hard yeah. thing to overcome. It's not easy. And mm-hmm. so many people struggle with it. Like singles, married, women, men, teenagers. Every, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like older men, older women, like everybody. <laughs> everybody. Like yeah. there yeah. is not a demographic that has this issue more than everybody. Um, so that being said, I want to prove to y'all that this is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did some stats. I pulled up some stats earlier. Um, so these are not my my studies by any means. It's actually from a website called fightthenewdrug.org. I actually love them. Uh, I've known about you? them for years. I've never heard of them until today. Yeah. Um, it says, what did they, it's, um, I guess like this topic is porn kills love. Do you, do you know enough about the organization to speak that, to it? Yeah, that's their slow. I actually have taken, okay. when I was really struggling with it, you know, I would take some of their little um, e-courses and watch videos, okay. stats from them. And that Porn Kills Love is actually like a slow, I don't know if it's an as- official slogan, sure. but they say that a lot. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. That's an easy tie-in. So um, these are just some stats that I've kind of read off to this. So it says... 64, 64% of young people ages 13 to 24 actively seek out pornography weekly or more often. Um, this next stat says teenage girls and young women are significantly more likely to actively seek out porn than women 25 years older and above. Mm-hmm. Um, this one says that a study of 14 to 19 year olds found that females who concern, consumed pornographic videos we're at a significantly greater likelihood of being victims of sexual harassment or assault. Um, And so it goes on and on and on about just different, oh, I have to read this one. This one was crazy. Porn sites receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined each month. Oh my gosh. That's from the HuffPost. So I read that and I was like, okay, I get on Netflix like, twice a day, twice a week, maybe three times a week. I get on Amazon at least every two days, like hands down. There's no doubt about it. I'm an Amazon freak. That's a lot. Like those combined and some and Twitter. Twitter's like, Twitter's like one of those daily just tech. It's almost as easy as texting. Combine the traffic and then what? Like, isn't, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's insane. So I read those stats and I was like, that's wild to me. Um, and so let's just dive in because yeah. I want to like get get all the, the gold, right? Yeah. Um, so what would you say, how old, were, how old were you when you first looked at porn? I was 15 or 16. Okay. I think, I know it was my sophomore year of high okay. school. Yeah. What, what intrigued you like? What just so, made you decide to go that route? Yeah, so I was dating a guy long distance, mm-hmm. and he was the one that kind of introduced... Well, not... I knew what porn was. Sure. 
but it was kind of encouraged in that relationship sure and so that's when it really started yeah was just through the uh, the skyping and the or was it facetime i can't remember if that existed that yeah, I don't think so. You think so? It? I'm not even sure. What was I don't that? Know. 15, eight years ago? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah, maybe. it was like, yeah, we were just in that long distance relationship. And so we never saw each other and the relationship just became all about that. And sure. so okay. that's when it, that's kind of how it happened. Right. Um, this was not a question I gave you beforehand. So <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I like just kind of right. thought of it. So ideally speaking like you looked at porn to do what was it to masturbate was it to just watch or like what at first it was just watch and then it became tied in with masturbation right okay and um yeah because i remember it was we started uh doing phone sex and then like he said and i wasn't really like into that at all (laughs) and that's when you know, he's like, why don't you just watch porn real quick? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really like, it happened one compromise at a time because mm-hmm. it wasn't obviously like the first night. He's right. like, hey, right. let's do this. You You're know, like, yes, it was one little thing sure. that you let. And then it just, mm-hmm. like before mm-hmm. I knew it, I was like, oh my gosh, whoa. <laughs> it's happening every night. Like, right. What the heck? Yeah. Right. Totally. So, That's crazy. What, um... So these are relationships that obviously, I wanna give the people a little bit of context about your background. So mm-hmm. you're a preacher's kid, right? Yeah. yeah. So you grew up in a house where, I mean, you knew better than this, oh, like, yeah. right? Yeah. But let me ask you this, did your parents ever talk to you about sex and things no. of this nature? Yeah, no. no, I think my dad just assumed I knew <laughs> not, you know? Yeah. And my mom was like, I love her so much. Like, our relationship has definitely grown a lot and since I got married and moved away. But growing up, she was very, like, distant and mm-hmm. awkward. Like, when I would mm-hmm. try to talk to her about something, she'd be like, oh, oh, no, you know, like, don't talk to me, you know? And, like, I think, and she's told me it was because her mom was very distant and stuff like that. I don't think she really knew how to speak of these things yeah. or just, like, communicate the way she wanted yeah. to. And so I... Yeah, I never got like the talk, like officially the talk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my, honestly, like a lot of my advice yeah. came from my older brother. And it was mm-hmm. more like, hey, if you ever need birth control, just let me and Liz, his right. wife, know. Girlfriend at the time, you know. Right. And so, yeah, I didn't really have like sure. that. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I knew it was wrong, sure. but, like, I, it just wasn't an open subject. Well, and I think we can all probably agree that, you know, sex ed classes that they give you in middle school, like, all those serves a good purpose. Like, mm-hmm. they there needs to be, and I guess coming from, we'll just call it, like, the spiritual side of things, like, we need to know why sex was created versus, like, the school doesn't do that. They just teach yeah. us the scientific reasons behind it. Um, I say that, so, like, funny enough, like, we had this um, episode recording scheduled tonight, um, and this morning I was talking with one of my consultants, and, like, we're having breakfast, he's about to start his first day at work, and, like, he randomly is, like, he's um, from India originally, and he's, like, you know, in my culture, we deal with these type of things very differently. He's, like, but I can I tell you, I'm really conflicted, like, my six-year, my sixth grader is going through sex ed class, and I don't know how to feel about it, and I was, like, 
Oh, well, this is an interesting topic to talk about. I've only known you for 30 minutes, but let's, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's do it. And, you know, I was actually talking to a friend about this not long ago, and her kids are really young. And she's like, I talked to my kids at the ages of four and five about this because that is sometimes when they're getting introduced to yeah. this stuff. Yeah. She goes, and I would rather my kids know sex is from God and he created it for you know, romantic and intimacy with your husband mm-hmm. versus what the kids at school are going to tell them. And so um, I asked that question so people know, because a lot of people aren't really raised with parents that want to talk about oh these things. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it, it's crazy how much, like, you don't think it helps, but it does. Mm-hmm. Just that building that relationship with your child that you're like, that they feel comfortable enough uh-huh. to go to you before it even happens. Right. When they're feeling right. like one foot in the water, uh-huh. you know, because I, I remember I never could go to my parents like, yeah. oh, my gosh, like tell totally. them that I kissed a guy or was thinking about kissing a guy. Never. And uh-huh. one of my cousins, she's a lot older than I am. Um, she's very open with her kids. And I admire that so much. At first, I, I was kind of taken aback by the things that they knew. <laughs> I'm like, you're seven. <laughs> you know how a child is born. But then I'm like, Dude, should they know that? But I don't know. Right. And I remember she was telling me how, you know, him at seven years old came up to her and was like, Mom, I like this little girl. And when we were at recess, I don't know the exact story. I don't remember. Right. But like about how he felt like he wanted to kiss her, but he didn't. And I'm like, oh my God, like I would have never talked to my parents like that. And what an amazing opportunity for her to counsel like, Mm -hmm. oh, when that happens, this and this, do this, you know, and it's crazy. It is. That what what building a relationship can do and prevent, you know. Sure. Well, and I think for the longest time it's, you know, parents, this is a really odd topic from what we're getting to, but we'll get back on track here in a minute. But I think for the longest time, it's like people, parents wanted, and just so you guys know, I'm not a parent, so take this for <laughs> what it is, but um, I have really great parents, so that stands for anything, um, but parents wanted to protect their children's innocence, right? So it's yeah. like, don't tell them too much too early, like, let life kind of take place, but I think the fact of the matter is, is children are being exposed to so many things that adults should be exposed to at, at a much younger age, like... I felt like the first time I was exposed to drugs was maybe like late middle school, early high school. And yeah. now these things are happening in elementary school. And it's like, yeah. my yeah. kid's 10. Like what in the mm-hmm. world? Like how? And I don't say that to scare anybody or to frighten anybody, but like the reality of it is that it's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't care if your kids go to public school or private school. It happens in both. Mm-hmm. Even in the Catholic schools and the Baptist schools, like and all it, the, everywhere, right, right? everywhere. It happens everywhere. And um, I think this particular topic, sex particularly, just because it's something that I've struggled with it's at such a young age as well. Like, I lost my virginity at 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I was a freshman in high school. And um, I just think, and I was, this is a crazy part, I was the last one of my friends to lose my virginity. Dang. Isn't that yeah. crazy? So yeah. for that to be said, it's like my friends were losing their virginity in middle school. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just think that if I were to have been properly educated and and talked to about why it's so important to save yourself for your husband, um, things might have looked differently. Potentially. I don't know. I was yeah. really stubborn back then, so probably not, but mm-hmm. TBD. It's Anyways, crazy. let's get back on topic. So, pornography. 
it's such a it's such a really it's a long word it's like real like detrimental it's like <sighs> yeah um oh goodness so what kind of habits did you did this we'll call I don't are you comfortable calling it an addiction or yeah because yeah, it was yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. so this addiction like what kind of habits were created from it from it yeah like once I was in it mm-hmm. this is what happened mm-hmm. after oh my gosh so habits of I guess it's more I would call them more like characteristics or just yeah or you know, yeah. symptoms yeah yeah the symptoms of it like straight up irritability mm-hmm. Irrit- what is it yeah irritability yeah, yeah. That, that did not sound like a word coming out of my mouth Ir- irita- irritability <laughs> <laughs> yeah that big time especially with people I felt like would judge me for mm-hmm. that which was obviously my parents and sure. the rest of the church I was in <laughs> yeah um I don't know I just became a lot more anxious um and that that came from um just trying to hide it mm-hmm. or becoming very not suspicious but like you know I was just very always aware where my phone was where my laptop yeah. was and stuff like that but um more character wise I became a lot which is weird and it like still like baffles me I became a lot more judgmental in church wow. which was crazy and now that I think about it I'm just like oh my gosh Leah who do you think you are because like <laughs> I I grew up in that church, that very old school, conservative, you know, mm-hmm. only wore skirts type of church. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I would see a Facebook post of another girl like in sweats. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? And it never crossed my mind. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you yeah, know, totally. And it was weird. And like, you know, now looking at it, looking back on it, I'm just I'm so embarrassed of who. Right. That person was like, come on, like, sure. and the people who, you know, know that part of me and knew me then, I feel, I mean, now that I'm over it, I'm okay, you know, I'm sure. over it, but um, I don't know, it's almost like, yeah, I just became so judgmental and I'm yeah. like, ugh, embarrassed yeah. about that. Um, judgmental, and I think just... In a sense, it created a huge, well, not in a sense, it created a huge, like, strain in my relationship with God, obviously because I was in sin, but because I started viewing God as the judger. Wow. Instead of the God of grace already. And so um, every time I, I mean, when I prayed for food, every time I was at a church service or whatever, it was never, like, I cried, but never from a place of peace. It was Mm. always from a place of guilt. Mm. And it just, that affected, like, everything, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. So that ties in perfectly with my next question, and it's how did this this addiction change your mindset, right? Because you say that it was coming from a place of guilt. Like, I'd imagine your mindset on relationships was different, your mindset on maybe even love, right? Potentially your mindset on, um, on, like, your worth as a woman, right? Yeah, so I right away knew, um, once I was, um, once that guy and I had um, split, I like literally, it was a a very like unhealthy relationship, not just in that sense, but the way we treated each other and it it was just not a good relationship. And once I was out of that, 
it was a sense of relief and for some reason I thought that getting out of that relationship would mean that addiction would be gone because I was in that relationship for like three and a half years wow. and so that didn't happen obviously that mm-hmm. night the same things were going on and um I don't know I just forgot the question <laughs> um, what? How did it change your mindset? Okay, yeah, so yes. my mindset. Okay. I was going somewhere, and then I... And then you lost I, your mind. I, I lost <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so once I was done with that relationship... Yeah. The next day, I thought, who the heck is going to want to marry me? And that's the whole value thing. Mm. My mindset on my value is just like, I cannot marry a good guy. Yeah. Like no way Mm -hmm. and then it became more of like okay how am i gonna find the guy Mm -hmm. that's good enough to treat me well but Mm -hmm. bad enough that he won't judge me like it was weird it was weird and then um i don't know like my mindset on for example working out it sounds so dumb but i thought okay, I can't get fit because I can't even stop watching porn. Like, just dumb little things like that. But because I couldn't overcome this, Mm -hmm. it changed my mindset on everything else in the sense of, like, I can't achieve certain things because I haven't conquered this part. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was... That's crazy. But I think, Mm -hmm. like, the crazy part of that is I don't think you're the only one who's ever thought that before. Like, when I look at some of, like, my past sin, like, I thought the same thing. I was like... Like, no one's ever going to want to marry me because I'm, like, so, like, dirty. And I'm so, like, yucky and just, like, I've been through all this junk. And although, I was about to call myself pretty. (laughs) Although it's pretty on the outside. But, you know, but it's, like, I'm pretty on the outside. But, like, man, if people only knew all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. um, I think all women deal like that, deal with things like that and mindsets like that. But here is my question and this may root back from a childhood or whatever but it's who told you that like I mean it may be coming like now that I'm like I'm like answering my own question here but like who told you those things were be were something to be ashamed of yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um like was that from a pastor was it from like, who said, like, sin is so bad that there is no forgiven, forgive, forgiveness? It's just simply, like, you live in it, you sit in it, you you're sulk in it, it you're yeah. stuck in it. Like, when did we put that upon ourselves? Um, and it may be different for everybody. For you, it might have been growing up in a religious household. And for me, it was like, that's kind of just what the world told me, right? But yeah. do you yeah. know where that stems from for you? Um, I think it was just... For me, it was just the not telling anybody mm. that okay. kept me in there so long. Sure. And um, the whole mindset of just, you know, I I preached and saying, well, I didn't preach, but like, you know, yeah. as a Christian, yeah. as a labeled Christian, I, you know, preached Yeah. that I served a God of grace and mercy. Right. And even when people would like come up to me. And be like, oh, well, I'm struggling with this and this. And I'd be like, God has so much mercy for you and blah, blah, blah. And then there I was crying. I'm like, oh, my God, how are you going to forgive me? Yeah. You know, and I think it's just that I I never told anyone. So in a sense, I just felt I felt like the, the weight of the guilt on me. And there was nobody there 
to tell me like Leah in those words, your yeah. pornography addiction, there's mercy for that. Right. If you get rid of it, obviously right. you're not gonna right, just right, right. live like that and still have grace, but like there's grace after it, you know? Yeah. And um I heard it but it was just from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And from the pulpit to the seat is so much disconnect. Like I never heard like sure. someone looking me in the eyes and say you are going to get through yeah. this. And that's why it's so hard, like pornography addictions, masturbation addictions and stuff like that, because it's such a private thing. Yeah. You know, drinking, obviously you're with a bunch of people. Yeah. And I mean, it could be secretive and stuff, but yeah. it's so private that it's hard. And it's a very, it is a very filthy thing. And so it's so shameful and crazy and scary to tell somebody about it. But as soon as you do, you get that personal message of like you mm-hmm. have grace you insert right. your name have grace right totally. you will have grace so yeah so let's talk about that moment because that was like literally like perfect like transition to the next part of this conversation so what happened for you to be like i have to repent like i have to tell somebody um like what did something occur or is it just like a breaking moment for you yeah so it was actually weird because um um once i left that relationship i was still i i was still doing that at night and stuff like that and then i met my husband well i didn't meet i've known him but we reconnected i met with my husband um and i honestly stopped for like a good maybe almost a year okay and um his short testimony is that you know he was he was a pastor's kid but like never into church Mm -hmm. um he also dealt with the pornography addiction for a couple of years and then um when i a year before him and i reconnected he got very um strict with himself very self-disciplined obviously you know connected with God and he stopped Mm -hmm. and that when I started talking to him he he um kind of mentioned that yeah and was like oh I just you know did this and this and I started praying every day and Mm. I did this and I was like wow obviously I did not tell him yeah I was dealing with that and I was like wow good (laughs) for you (laughs) yeah yeah, no like nobody knew except for that one guy right and so I was just like wow good for you and so for that whole relationship while we were dating and engaged, which was like nine months, <laughs> it happened pretty fast. Um, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. We got married and for some dumb reason, you know, I thought that would be the end of it, mm-hmm. of the of the addiction. Like, okay, I have a physical mm-hmm. man in front of me now. <laughs> right. I'm done with the screens, you know? Totally. <laughs> and for like, it was crazy because like a couple weeks into the marriage, um, I got tempted. Uh, the temptation never left during those nine months, mm-hmm. but I just got tempted and it, I fell right back into it. And um, he knew about it. I knew about him. He also fell back in, which was crazy because we it was weird because we I mean, porn in marriage is cheating. Mm-hmm. It is. I don't. Oh, my gosh. It's meant. Yes, it's mental. It's in your mind. Sure. But when you're in marriage, that that body that your spouse's body belongs to you in a sense it's yours Uh and so when they're doing something apart from you Mm -hmm. something sexual that doesn't involve you or involve somebody else it's cheating Mm -hmm. 
And it was, a, it was such a weird dynamic in our house because we both knew we were going through it, but mm-hmm. weren't mentioning it. Mentioning it wow. And would literally catch each other and then just walk out of the room without saying a word. Wow. It was just so bad. And so um, um, when I found out I was pregnant, I think that's when it kind of changed for me. And um, it would still happen and stuff like that. But I think it was just the whole... There was just a lot of things that I was thinking about that kind of made me shift. It was, you know, what kind of mom am I going to be? And then it was also, it was just being plain tired of it. Yeah. That I was like, I have to physically, practically, spiritually deal with this now. Right. Like, there's no other way. Like, I'm going to get divorced. I'm going to be a bad mom. Right. I'm not going to be connected with God the way I should be. And then I would started thinking, this is so like cynical, but I would literally think, oh my God, if I die today, I'm I'm not going to go to heaven. Yeah. Like that's the reality. <laughs> I'm not. And so, yeah, it was just, it was just being tired of it. Yeah. And some people, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't stop. I can't let go of this. And I'm like, well, cause you still enjoy it. You right. still want to, like, yeah. you're not going to stop if you still like want to. Right. And um, I think when I was, when I was a teenager, obviously, I would wake up the next day sick, like, just sure. disgusted with myself. But sure. at the end of the day, I still did want it, you right. know? Right, And so I think you just have to reach that point where it's like, yeah. okay, I'm done. I'm well, and it's really like you've, you've surrendered that to God, it sounds like. And um, they always say, like, whenever you have overcome something it's because your heart has changed for it and the Lord gives you your heart's desires, right? And so if your heart no longer yearns for pornography or drugs or whatever your sin might be, yeah. um, like your heart's changed for it. Like you're just like, I just don't want this anymore. Like now it's kind of as crazy as it sounds. It's a very worldly phrase, but like been there, done that, like I'm over it. And yeah, yeah. but not just over it, but I want better for myself. I want better for my husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be yeah. a great example to my kid whenever he's here. Um, so then we'll kind of tie this, tie a bow on this conversation. Um, so tell me this. So now that that has been, that's like a thing of your past, like, do you still ever feel tempted by that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I feel bad for, but then I understand the people that think that being saved from something means you're never tempted by it again because that's not say that girl that is not yeah that's not what being saved from it is Uh like you're always going to have a temptation but the bible says that the escape door is wide right like there's a temptation but you know there's still a way out and i think what separates you from the not saved and being saved Mm -hmm. is just you not doing it Mm -hmm. like but you're always going to have the temptation and i think what matters is just um the precautions that you put on yourself um and obviously i'm not like being legalistic about it because i'm the lord saved me from that (laughs) like oh my god i was so bad when i was younger it's so crazy to me but um he saved me from being legalistic but i still i'm like okay i i know myself Right. I know myself. Be right. real, Leah. You are a youth director, but don't watch rated R movies. Right. Because you will be super tempted tonight. Right. And so, um, 
it's just setting the boundaries for yourself and being real with that because for yeah. the longest time I okay I heard a preacher quote this so I'm gonna quote it too <laughs> the dark knight rises when I think it's one of the fight scenes when like the evil guy Bane is like beating up Batman he says you let your victory defeat you wow and I was like oh my god yeah for a long time I was like oh yeah I've been um you know, I haven't done anything, watched anything for this amount of time, and I'm okay. So mm-hmm. I can watch rated R movies now. Right. So you let your victory defeat you. And it's mm-hmm. like the same thing that happened with David. He thought he was all high and mighty and he decided not mm. to go to work or wherever yeah. they were going. And that's when temptation really got to him. So yeah. it's just being it's just being wise and real. Like people who still struggle with it, I'm like, you're just not being real with yourself. Yeah. You think Oh, it sounds bad. Like you are powerful. God does give you a spirit of power, of love, right. of of, you know, self-control, but you have to be real with what this addiction is, especially sure. in a sex-saturated world like just yeah, got to create those boundaries. Yeah. So. And you just answered my next question. It was how to how do you practically and spiritually overcome it? And I think to your point, like boundaries are so important and just like Knowing, I mean, you use the word precautions. It was a lot better word than I had, but like your triggers, right? It's like, yeah, if yeah. you're dealing with alcoholism, don't go out with your friends to a bar. Like yeah. probably not the best scene for you because that temptation is staring you in the face. And our self-discipline, no matter how well, quote unquote, trained we are, like we can only do so much to fight things off. Like, and I don't want to say as humans, we're weak and we're just going to naturally fall into it, but it's like. Okay, so what happens if you beat it day one? So, like, you go out Friday night. Cool, I didn't drink. That means you're probably going to go out Saturday night. Yeah. And if you don't drink Saturday, you might drink Sunday. And if you don't drink Sunday, then you might drink the next weekend or, well, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Like, and just having your, like, being aware of, like, your triggers and your environment and just knowing knowing what what those temptations are, right? Because... You're right. Like you're, I love what you said. And I was just, I feel like Pastor Jonathan just preached a message on this, but it was like test trials and temptations. Like just because you've overcome something does not mean you're going to be tempted again. Yeah. Like if you cheated on your husband before, like you will have a temptation again, but it's up to you to like not fall into that. Yeah. Right. Um, The enemy, especially if we're, you know, fulfilling our purpose, our God given purpose, and we're following our calling and we're obedient to the Lord. Like the enemy wants to see us fall and fail every single time. And he will come at us from all every, directions. Yeah, every angle. Yeah. So. And yeah, I just, for so long, I I thought, you know, watching, uh, I was going to say watching podcasts. <laughs> watching. <laughs> I hope you don't watch podcasts. <laughs> Listening to podcasts, watching videos, uh-huh. just, you know, trying to tackle this from a very practical way like a very shallow way in a sense it just wasn't working for me because I I thought I was stronger than I was and you know once I really started putting God into it and um there were nights where I would literally just walk around my house because I was like I'm just gonna walk around till I pass out because (laughs) if I get in bed and next to my husband you know um and if anybody out there listening to this is struggling with it, I mean, I just encourage you to just be real with yourself, like yeah. cut off your right hand because there's times where you, I mean, I did this so many times, like when me and my husband got real with it, we're like, okay, 
we need to cut off the internet. We mm-hmm. cannot have cable. We got to throw out all the rated R movies. We got to clear out some of our books yeah. and like stuff like that. And at first, guys, I was not okay with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, but uh, Pinterest, but Google Maps, but this and that. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. Sure. I exploded because I was like, no, I need Google Maps. Yeah. I need it. Right. Do not cut off, cut off the internet. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. Now that I look back on that, I'm like, oh my God, I could have been safe from this like right. so much longer ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, just, it's embarrassing. I know it is. If you can't find an accountability partner mm-hmm. or whatnot, a spiritual counselor that's, right. you know, somebody's really leading you or keeping track of what you're doing. Um, anything like how you said was a yeah. trigger. That's a really good word. Um, anything that's a trigger, just throw it away. Yeah. Literally right now. Yeah. Literally just throw it away. Do whatever you can. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what, you know, I was never raised into a family where like fasting was a thing. And I feel like us, I mean, for those that haven't picked up, Lee and I go to the same church. Um, <laughs> like us doing these fasts every few months. It's like, it's really helped me for things that I wouldn't say I'm a quote unquote addicted to, but definitely like maybe even have like an idolization for. So it's like Mm -hmm. the last, this past fast, I didn't fast anything. Don't tell pastor Jonathan that, but the fast (laughs) before that I fasted like, um, Netflix, Hulu, I fasted all social media, which was, it was a challenge. It's impressive too, (laughs) but it it was a challenge because it's one of those things where it's like, you don't realize how much you partake in something until you have to let it go oh my god yeah Mm -hmm. and then you're like but then you also don't realize like how much more time you have for probably way more important things yeah when you've let that time go to to Mm -hmm. things that matter like i mean i like had dinner with friends i woke up and read my bible instead (laughs) watched instagram (laughs) for 30 minutes in the morning you know what i'm saying but like yeah i know someone out there like I still sometimes do and not like I'll catch myself like first thing in the morning my eyes are barely open I'm already in Instagram and I like will catch myself I'm like stop what are you doing yeah open mm-hmm. your Bible like just get into the Bible yeah read your word and like start your day with something positive and uplifting and yeah with truth right and I feel like that like that accountability for yourself and just staying in the word and just like constantly like having declarations of yourself like when I would struggle with certain sin, I'd always tell myself, like, Ephesians 2.10 is my scripture. Like, that is, like, maybe I'll get it tattooed on me next. <laughs> what is it? Um, that you're God's masterpiece. Wow. And yeah. it's, but it's something I had to tell myself because for the longest time I thought I was, like. You didn't think. Yeah, I thought I was, yeah. like, dirt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought I was, I felt I had dealt a lot with, like, self-worth a lot from, like, sexual addictions. You know yeah. what I mean? And. Um, but anyways, that's another another mm-hmm. episode for another day. But um, any last words for someone listening? I know you kind of gave advice already, but... Yeah, no, definitely. That was more practical. Well, I guess it's spiritual, but, sure, you know, sure. something <laughs> more that's like... Um, you were kind of speaking into it already about the spiritual side. And I think it's said a lot like, oh, just spend time with God or grow your relationship. But like, that that's the hardest thing to do because your flesh wants so much to get on Instagram Mm -hmm. the first thing in the morning. And, um, you know, it's interesting how, like, as soon as you come out of of an amazing service or amazing prayer time, 
and you're just like, oh my gosh, you coming out of this whole moment. Um, the first thing you don't want to do is watch porn, you know, because you're still feeding off of that. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't come into your mind that quickly. And so just living a daily life of encounter keeps you from that in the sense of like, okay, when I read my Bible, the first thing in the morning, I'm not going to do porn after that, like right Right. after that. And so what I would do literally was set a timer or like the, not a timer, um, alarms on Mm -hmm. my phone every day, every hour of like, you need to feed yourself this hour because if you don't, you can fall into it or you'll get really, I mean, you do get tempted, but yeah. That's good. it's just the constant feeding of your mind because, you know, that addiction is a wolf inside of your mind. And if you keep mm-hmm. feeding the wolf, it gets more hungry, it gets bigger, and you have to starve it. Yeah. And you have to create another thing inside of you, like that other relationship yeah. with God, and start feeding that. Right. And so people who say they're serious about, you know, overcoming this addiction, but yet aren't praying every morning, mm-hmm. aren't praying for their lunch, you know, sure. I'm like, uh, you don't want it. You yeah. don't want to leave it that much yet. Yeah. You may want to like feel guilty about it and feel ashamed, but you're not serious about it. And so you can do every practical thing in the world. But like, if you're not feeding off of God, there's no way like it's the Bible says to flee from this, from lust, you know, it's, it's something you can't fight it. Right. You have to flee. You yeah. have to just run from it. So that's good. The relationship with God, every hour of every day, right? While you're still in this, is crucial. Right. Crucial. So you well, I'll say this, and then we'll we'll wrap up. But yeah. you bring up a point that I feel like I tell a lot of. We'll call them either part-time Christians is that what <laughs> you know people that casual Christians casual Christians and, and that's not like a diss at anyone but I mean there's a lot of them out yeah. there right like that's okay like it's I was real, a casual yeah. Christian one day or once upon a time so but I always hear this whole thing of like well God doesn't show up when I need him to and it's like man like if I like if me and Leah were friends but I only talked to her once every six months like I'm sure you wouldn't show up when I needed you either right yeah. like yeah I'm like random like hey Leah like my car broke down. You're like, hey, Allison, I haven't <laughs> talked to you in six months. Like, d- did you mean to call me? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I get it. And I'm not even saying that, like, God loves his children. Like, no matter no matter who you are, like, he loves you regardless. But sometimes, like, he doesn't show up because it's not, like, in his will for you. Like, that's not in his, per- in his, in his plan for you. So it's like, I just get a lot of that. But to your point, like, I just want to kind of hone in on the... You have to spend time to have a relationship with God. Like, it's, it's yeah. not a one-way street. Like, yes. it has to be a give and take. And um, I promise you, he'll give you more than he'll ever take from you. Um, but once you start receiving all of his, like, just favor and blessings and these things that you're able to overcome because of just his mere grace and mercy, like, you are forever indebted. And you and you don't want to just have a one-way relationship. You, like, want to constantly throw your life at him because... Because his of his goodness of, of yeah. all the things he's done for us for the blood on the cross right and so I'm about to get like real preachy right now so you should probably <laughs> cut it off but um, but no I I love that you said that because not enough people like remind you, themselves like you know that right but you don't apply it and Ooh. and the applying is the wisdom Ooh. you know yeah. that's where it, that's where it changes oh damn we're, we're gonna quote Ooh. that put that, put that on the gram. <laughs> 
All right, y'all. Oh well, thank gosh. you so much for listening. Um, I hope this message has impacted you, has has encouraged made, you. Yeah, encouraged you, just yeah. made made you feel that you're not alone in going through these things. Like this is just part of Leah's story. This isn't even all of Leah's story. Like, but there's other people who deal with this and um, it's not just males and it's not a certain age yeah. or a certain yeah. demographic. Like all of us have dealt with this at some point. So um, subscribe to our channel. Subscribe. Subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to our <laughs> podcast. Um, write us a review and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Untitled. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to be more a part of this community, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and check out our website, as well as our Instagram and Facebook. Thanks so much. See you guys next time.